Today on CityCast Denver. With the most bizarre Olympics of my lifetime underway in Tokyo, our Olympics conversation continues with the man who said no twice to a Denver Games, former Governor Dick Lamb. I will wait skeptically, but open to any group that comes along and and says, look, we're going to host an event that Colorado can be truly proud of. It might happen. Today is Monday, July 26th, 2021. I'm Paul Caroli, and this is CityCast Denver. Let's see what's happening out there today. It's going to be sunny with highs in the low 90s and a chance of rain this afternoon. And the air quality is going to be, you guessed it, bad. Our air quality is so bad, in fact, that it is, quote, relatively dangerous to go outside between July and October. That's what Dr. James Crooks of National Jewish Health told the Denver Post for a story that ran over the weekend about the recent spike in ozone pollution across the Front Range. While Colorado's air quality has been steadily improving since the 80s, our current mix of industry, traffic, and wildfire smoke is expected to lead the EPA to downgrade Colorado's air quality violator status for the second time in as many years. And that would lead to new fees we'll all have to pay on gas prices, among other new rules and restrictions. What are our leaders doing about this? Well, Last week, Colorado's Attorney General Phil Weiser withdrew a plan that would have required large employers to discourage car commuting. That was after the Colorado Chamber of Commerce pushed back against it. The Polis administration says it's a priority, though, so look for more action on this issue soon. And finally, some really good news. Lakeside Amusement Park has reopened. I drove past on I-70 over the weekend, and it was so good to see the rides up and running again after almost two years. I'm sure I'll see you all over there soon. If the Tokyo 2020 Olympics had actually happened in 2020, I wonder if the ratings would have been any better for the opening ceremony. I was one of only 17 million people who watched on Friday. That's down from 26 million who tuned in for the opening ceremony in Rio in 2016. And I gotta say, if you skipped it, you didn't miss much. It was creepy and weird to watch as all the athletes paraded through an empty stadium and waved to all the empty seats. Especially knowing how big the crowds of protesters were gathering outside. And who knows how the games would have turned out if there was no pandemic. The whole world tuning in would have looked different. And here in Denver, we have our own Olympics what if. What if we didn't reject the 1976 Winter Games? Would we have a crumbling Olympic village where City Park sits now? Would we have empty ski jumps and bobsled tracks sitting underused somewhere up in the mountains? Would the debt have held us back for decades, like the Games did to Montreal? Would our mountains be even more overrun by ski tourists than they already are? Or would Denver have become the Olympic City? springboarding from the games to become even bigger, richer, and more beautiful than we could possibly imagine. Governor Lamb? Yes, good morning. Good morning. I waved instead of saying hello. (laughs) Well, that's all right, that's all right. Dick Lamb is the reason why those will only ever be what-if questions. He led the effort to reject the 76 host bid and then parlayed that achievement into a successful run for governor in 1974. 
After serving three terms, he's remained an influential voice in Colorado politics. And a few years ago, when our guest on Friday's episode, Robert Cohen, was leading a new effort to bring the Olympics to Denver, it was Dick Lamb who once again led the charge to block the bid. Well, Governor Lamb, I have been looking forward to talking to you. I find Denver's relationship with the Olympics to be maybe the most interesting thing in the whole world. Um, and I know you're like really at the center of that story, but I, I feel also compelled to tell you right off the top, I'm an Olympics fan. I love the spirit of it, the brotherhood, the message of peace. And I know you feel differently. Um, so I kind of think we have to start with that to make sure listeners are clear about where everybody's coming from. Um, and I thought a nice, a nice place to start would be, uh, a quote you gave to Westward, uh, a few years ago, you said that the Olympics have a duty to die. Can you explain that? I'm not sure I can. I don't remember it. That, that, that duty to die has been associated with me for a long time and I, often out of context. But uh, I, I also am a fan of the Olympics. I went to the Olympics in 1960. I'm a skier and an outdoorsman myself. Uh, I very much believe in the, the original ideas uh, and ideals of the Olympics. The problem is it's become an immense commercial uh, event that uh, is a more ha having to do with the boosterism of a, an area rather than honoring its athletes. Hmm. Hmm. Now you're speaking my language. See, cause that's, that's the most interesting part for me is there's that, like the initial mission and the spirit of it, but then this like weird modern capitalist bureaucracy built around it. Um, but let's talk about that first part for a second. Like, so you, you went to Squaw Valley, you saw some games, like what, what was that experience like? I'd love to hear about that. Well, it was, uh, it was a very busy time of my life, but I was in law school at Berkeley and um, all of a sudden woke up one morning and realized that the Olympics were uh, two and a half hours away. And so uh, I re rearranged my schedule and went up there. Um, I, I did not have a good viewing experience. I had no muscle or no money, but um, I'm sure glad I went because it gave me a sense of the ambience of the Olympics. And uh, this world needs uh, honoring of some of the simple things that sometimes go back 2000 uh, years, which would be, you know, different sports competition. Yeah. Human aspiration, the, the striving to be better. That's something I think we all share. So 12 years later, after that experience in Squaw Valley, 1972, Denver had been selected to host the 1976 Winter Olympics. I'd love to hear just like a little bit of that story because I heard somebody the other week, I was talking to somebody about this and they described your campaign against that Olympics host bid as like the, like the founding myth of Denver in some ways. Like it gave people a, an identity in some ways. So yeah, what, what was it to you? What turned you around on the Olympics in that moment? Well, I, I was elected to the legislature in 1966, and I was by training a certified public accountant. And so as an accountant, one of the only ones in the legislature, they put me on the audit committee. And I soon became the chair of the audit committee. And um, it was in that capacity that I started looking at the claims and background of the 
Olympic bid. And I certainly came to the conclusion that, that the organizing committee had vastly underestimated the costs and vastly overestimated the benefits of bringing the Olympics. And that was tinged, I think, with a little bit of fraud on the part of the promoters of the Olympics. But anyway, I started raising questions. I didn't go immediately into opposition. And essentially, we were told it was none of our business. <laughs> that was hard to take. You know, here, here is a, a potential immense obligation on the part of city and county of Denver and, and Colorado. And uh, we were a small state. You make a, a $10 million mistake in Colorado, it really means something. So we started asking questions and we started, I visited both major newspapers and the Olympic Committee essentially said it's none of our biz business. They told us to stick it in our ear. And so we, <laughs> we um, organized, it was really one of the high points of my life. Uh, every time we turned around, we had another volunteer out getting signatures. And so we put on the ballot, should Colorado um, host the 1976 Olympics. And, um, and, and the rest is history. We, we didn't have any money to, to defend our viewpoint. We just depended on the common sense of Coloradoans. And they showed up in the polls in large numbers and overwhelmingly said that uh, we should revoke the invitation. Hmm. So this um this argument this this thing you realized back then about the budget overruns the the under underestimation of costs around the Olympics like this is a pretty common story I think for people now but back then were was there anyone else talking like this or was this really like your observation about the Denver bid that started this conversation that's now come to dominate the Olympics? Well, um, that's a hard question for me to answer. I don't want to to take undue credit. Um, certainly we were the, and when I say we, there was um, a guy named Sam Brown and Tom Nussbaum and Meg Lundstrom. We had a, we had a band of brothers and sisters that were offended by the audaciousness of the Olympic committee. They, they had, you know, they had penciled in snow up up in Evergreen, where there was no snow normally. And they, they were not, uh, uh, I want to say, honorable group of people, but they, they were promoters. They were, they were typical Chamber of Commerce promoters. And mm. um, the, the problem is in Colorado is the first time we were able to show that the people running the Olympics had themselves gotten way away from the Olympic spirits, that they had become commercial promoters rather than uh, sports uh, people. And the Colorado public, was, you know, saw through that. They saw, they didn't, they didn't want to double the population. We said, look, uh, Colorado is this precious, precious place. And um, we don't want to necessarily sell our heritage and, and for these immense promises that often don't come true. Gosh, that tension is like so alive still today, isn't it? Yes, it is. Well, that story is endlessly fascinating, but we also have to talk about the more recent 
effort to bid on the Olympics for Denver. Just a few years ago, there was a similar group of boosters trying to attract the Games. And again, you were among a group at the forefront of an anti-Olympics campaign. What was that like from your perspective? Did it feel like deja vu? Was it just the exact same story playing out again? Well, not not necessarily. I, I don't foreclose even to this day that there might be an Olympic bid that might make sense for Colorado. I'm very skeptical about it. I doubt if that's the case. We live in a time of global warming. We have limited water. We have limited environment. Uh, but at least my, my door is open to the fact that, you know, the Olympics have meant a lot to a lot of people. And it has meant good things to a number of places. So anyway, I, I was, and you know, I was against it both times. I saw no big difference between the promoters the first time or the second time. Maybe, maybe a third time you would get a really community-centered bid. I certainly would don't want to do anything to hurt outdoor sports, and I don't want to do, really to do anything to hurt the original concept of the Olympics. It's just that it's been taken over by the promoters. Hmm. Hmm. Well, I was speaking with one of the promoters from that more recent campaign the other day, and and I it sounded to me like he was of a very similar mind on the Olympics to you, like recognizing the potential for budget overruns and you know negative effects on our communities, and and that was my impression of how they designed the the bid from just a few years ago was to try to ameliorate those concerns as much as possible. Did you get that impression from your opponents a few years ago? Or, or like, did it seem like they were making a good faith effort? Uh, yes. The difference between the first Olympic bid and the second one was an, an immense, uh, it was a grand canyon of difference. Because the first ones, first of all, they didn't really, um, they, they were all businessmen and, and, and everything was, you know, in a business context. The, the second Olympic bid was run by uh, a lot of people who loved the Olympic movement, who uh, it, it excited their very being. I, I know one of the main, main people that were promoting this Olympics this last time, but he, um, he really loves the idea of an international sports competition. And, and he may be right. I mean, I, you know, maybe... Maybe there'll be a third round, but I felt that the second group of people, it was still co too commercially centered. Hmm. I think we might be talking about the same person, Robert Cohen. Did did he show you any of his memorabilia from the '76 uh, bid? He did. Oh yeah. Oh, and he's a he's a he's a nice guy. I really do enjoy him. So you mentioned a couple of times the possibility of a third bid. Um, and it sounds like you're not foreclosing that possibility. What would you want to see out of a third bid that would make you feel comfortable supporting it? Well, I would, I would really like to see it truly come out of the community and come, come out of the sports instead of coming out of the business community, coming out of the, the, the winter recreation committee. I have succeeded in politics because I have not been dogmatic. Um, I've, I've been aggressive, but I really don't want to say this is, the, this is the way and this is the way it should be. And uh, 
I have a closed mind to the other side. I have an open mind. The dilemma of the Olympics is it is so hard to control the cost estimate. Um, you know, when you see, you see what it costs to build even a luge, luge run or a bobsled run or a ski lift mm. and, and the very limited after use of a ski jump. I will wait skeptically, but open to uh, any group that comes along and and says, look, we're going to build in lots of low income housing. We're going to host an event that Colorado can be truly proud of. Uh, It might happen. Governor Lamb, thank you so much for joining us on CityCast Denver. This was a joy for me. My pleasure. Thank you for thank you for having an interest in this subject after so many years. That's all for today here on CityCast Denver. If you enjoyed the show, why not take a minute to tell a friend about us? Rate the show wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe to our morning newsletter at denver.citycast.fm. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. Until then, I hope you have a really good day. Uh, Oof, boy. Yes, that is better. Thank you.